Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So let's go to John 7 today. And I want to, uh, if I can say this, begin a new series today entitled Skilled in the Flow. Skilled in the Flow. And this is so important because uh, of what we'll be dealing with. And uh, we're going to take the next several weeks and uh, look at some things regarding the Holy Spirit Uh, because this is so important. One of the things that we're expecting, one of the things that we're believing God for is even a deeper flow uh, where the things of the Spirit are concerned, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, God manifesting Himself in our services. And in John 7... It's a familiar passage of Scripture, but John chapter 7, we'll read two verses, verse 37 and, uh, well, we'll read through verse 39. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Then it says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The uh, Woost Bible says, This said he concerning the Spirit, whom those who believe on him were about to be receiving. Were about to be receiving. So this is the the Feast of Tabernacles. This is a rejoicing time uh, in Jerusalem, in the nation of Israel. And each day during the Feast of Tabernacles, the priest would bring water that was symbolic of the water supplied by the rock in Exodus chapter 17. And he would bring water from the pool of Siloam to the temple in a golden uh, pitcher. And when he got to the temple, he would pour that drink offering out as that, as a sacrifice, a drink offering unto God. And during the procession, the people would recite uh, Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And so the water was poured out on the altar and the people would be shouting and singing and rejoicing because it was it was a symbol of of God's goodness, of God's life, of God's provision. But in the middle of this setting of rejoicing and shouting and singing and dancing and praising God, Jesus stands up and begins to shout. Right? In the middle of this procession. And he says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Right? If, 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 If you have a need... Let him come to me and drink, and he that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, and here's the key, out of his belly, out of his heart, out of his spirit, out of his inmost being, will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. 
So Jesus said the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit would be that rivers would flow from our spirits. Rivers. So there's a Holy Spirit flow for every area of our life. There's a flow of the Holy Spirit for every aspect of my existence. Amen. Do you see this? There are seven different things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, or I like to say it this way, seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. Seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. Seven is the number of the Holy Spirit. You see that imprinted on the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. The seven spirits of God, the seven golden candlesticks, uh, 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 the seven altars, seven different things. God, God created the earth, right, in, in six days, and then He rested on the last day. Well, the Holy Spirit was the one hovering over the face of the earth and causing this to come into existence. So this seven is imprinted. And we're not going to go to all these scriptures. I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you. I'll give you what, he, what the flow and then where it's found. Uh, for the sake of time, but seven different things, seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. First of all, in John 14, 26, he said the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. Teach us all things. Then in that same verse, 14, 26, he said he would bring what is taught to our remembrance. Then in John chapter 16 and verse 8, he said that he would reprove the world of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. Hallelujah. In John 16, 13, he said he would guide us into all truth. In that same chapter, verse 13 again, he'll speak what he hears. And then in that same verse, he'll show us things to come. And then finally in John 16, 14, he said he would glorify Jesus. Glorify Jesus. Now these are flows. These are things that he does. But then there's something that Jesus said he was. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit and there were different things that he said he was. He called him our comforter, all right, our, which is our counselor. It's, it's in a legal sense. It's in the sense of a lawyer or an attorney. It's the Greek word parakletos, and it means one that's called alongside to give aid or to give help. And so Jesus said the Holy Spirit was our comforter. It's comforting to have help, to know that if I need something, I've got a helper, right? Amen. It's, 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 It's like needing an attorney and knowing you've got one on retainer, right? I've got help. If I have a legal question... I've got help to answer that question. Jesus said, and you'll remember in the context, He said, I will not leave you comfortless. The the, uh, uh, Greek says, I will not leave you orphans, but I will send you another comforter. The word another means one like in kind unto me. So Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter that will comfort you just like I have. In my presence, in my physical presence, I've comforted you, I've brought you peace, I've brought you rest, but I'm going to go away, and it's expedient for you that I go away so I can send the comforter to you. One just like me. So he called him a comforter. 
But the name that Jesus used for the Holy Spirit the most was the Spirit of Truth. He called Him the Spirit of Truth more than any other name. And, and, and this is important because all of these other, all of these other flows have their anchor in truth. All of the other flows have their anchor in truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Amen. And so very often what you hear people talking about, we hear a lot about deception, especially in the last days, and, and how Jesus warned not to be deceived. He did warn not to be deceived. But here's the thing. It's rather inferred in Scripture that those of us with the Holy Spirit cannot be deceived if we're listening. I don't have to worry about being deceived if I'm listening to the Spirit of truth. Amen. Do you see this? So of all the names Jesus used concerning the Holy Spirit, the one He used the most was the Spirit of truth. So as believers, we have the Spirit of truth residing in us. Say that out loud. The Spirit of truth is in me. Now, this is important because He will alert us when we're hearing or seeing error. Never, now, now I've got to be cautious with this, but I believe, I believe you're mature enough to, to see this. Never feel like you're being critical if you're watching or listening something, to something and right here you just sense, this isn't right. Yeah, but I don't want to be critical of anybody. If that's the Holy Spirit alarm going off, you're not being critical, you're being warned that that's error. And you don't even want a little bit of error because if you listen to error long enough, it'll begin to take on the sound of truth. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. That, uh, Brother Hagin told a story one time about a man that told him, uh, a seasoned Bible teacher, and he said he took his Bible group to this man's meeting that this man was having. And uh, 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 along the way in that meeting, that the... Uh, the, the man said, I was there for a week and I didn't really agree with a lot that he was saying, but I thought, you know, it's not too far off. And he said, then the second week, he got over in stuff that I knew wasn't in the Bible. And he said, I went up to him and took my Bible and said, you're going to have to show me that in the Bible. And he said, the man looked at him and said, oh, that thing? He said, I'm way out far beyond that thing. Wow. Wow. Well, after two weeks of having his Bible group, which is a sizable Bible group, under all that error, he lost most of them. Because he said, well, I'm going to pull you all out of here. And they said, no, we, we're, we believe it. Well, he had them sitting under error for two weeks. Here's something interesting. There was a young lady that was in his Bible group that went to that very first meeting, and she had only been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit six months. And after the first meeting, she said, I'm not going back because something's not right there. There were other people in that group that had been saved multitude of years that were deceived. Wow. Because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will alert you when what you're hearing is error. Uh -huh. yes, Lord. That's it. Amen. Amen. Are, are, you, are, are you with me? Yes, so for a believer to be deceived, they have to override the Spirit of truth. That's it. If I'm going to be deceived, I've got to override what the Spirit of Truth is saying. Now, the reason this is so important is obviously not us, but many Pentecostal circles, the Holy Spirit is just uh, uh, boiled down to speaking in tongues 
and manifestations. The Holy Spirit is much more than just speaking in tongues and manifestations. Those are His verbal gifts, His verbal demonstrations, but He's much more than that. Amen. And so, in John 16 and verse 13, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When uh, the, the more you know the Holy Spirit, the easier the Christian life becomes. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord. That's one of the names of the Holy Ghost. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me and he went through all that he was anointed to do. All right? But notice where it started. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Right? And when you look through the Old Testament and you see different things, the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came on this one. They came on that. And they did mighty acts and mighty works and great wonderful things in the Old Testament with the Spirit of God just upon them. Amen. Amen. Well, we know that in the New Testament, under the, under the, 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 the New Covenant, or the Second Covenant, we're infilled with the Holy Spirit. He resides in us. He's part of our DNA. The Holy Spirit, according to Job, created me. I am the greatest work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit created me. He knows me inside and out. He knows how to minister to me. He'll minister to you in a way that He will not minister to me. He'll use phrases and words and and verbiage with me that He won't use with you because He knows exactly how to minister to me. He knows exactly how to minister to you. Amen. And so when you come to know the Holy Spirit, Everything that has to do with spiritual things becomes easier. Amen. Because I have a divine genius on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And when you're depending on the Holy Spirit, you're following the spirit of truth. And not only is it truth meaning apart from error, it's whatever is true. See, people say, how is it possible to just think on what is true? You have the spirit of truth in you. It's possible to pull your mind under the control of the Holy Spirit and you will only think on what's true. Amen. Do you see this? So John 16 and 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will, why? For he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that is what he's going to speak. And he will show you things to come. Now, I'll be honest with you. I thought I'll take these different attributes of the Holy Spirit and I'll teach on a couple of them in service. Man, I got on the spirit of truth and there's no way to teach on two of them in in one service. For me, anyway. But notice what he says. The spirit of truth, notice he will guide Now, this is important. Not push. Not pull. Guide you. Into what? All truth. He will guide you into all truth. Why? He will not speak of himself. But whatever he hears, that's what he will speak. 
Amen. The reason for this is he's not speaking of or from himself. The Holy Spirit is God. All right? He's, he's God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But each member of the Trinity, each member of the Godhead, has their role that they must fulfill as God. God the Son has a role that he must fulfill as God the Son which at this present moment is our intercessor, right? God the Father has a role that He fulfills as God the Father. God the Holy Spirit has a role that He fulfills as God the Holy Spirit. He's not speaking of Himself. That's not His role. People will say, the Holy Spirit said to me, the Holy Spirit did say to you, but it would be even more accurate to say, God said to me by the Holy Spirit. Because he's saying what he hears. That's how we can be assured it's absolute truth. The Holy Spirit cannot lie because he's God. But yet God gives us a double assurance to say, he's hearing what I'm saying, and what he's telling you is what I told him. So there's an assurance that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's God speaking to me, and I'm hearing truth. Amen. Because He is the Spirit of truth. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is our direct link to the Father. Back, I remember back in the day when, when satellite became popular. I don't know if any, well, I see people old enough to remember that. But, you know, and, and we used to talk about the satellite uplink, right? And, and if you remember back then, you had to have a huge, big satellite dish in, in your backyard or wherever it was. Couldn't hide that thing. But it was an uplink, and it uplinked you to the information that the sender was sending out. God is always sending out information. And He has placed within each of us a dish called the Holy Spirit. And everything that God's broadcasting, He's broadcasting the same thing to every believer. And every believer that will tune into that frequency will hear everything that God's saying because the same Holy Ghost in me is the same Holy Ghost on the inside of you. He's not saying something different to me than He's saying to you. And the Bible says the Spirit in us will bear witness. Hallelujah. So every one of us in here are walking around with this spiritual capability to hear everything God's saying. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus said, in John 8, 26 through 28, I only speak those things I hear my Father say. Now, why was that? He heard those things from the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you must recognize this. Jesus was as dependent on the Holy Ghost as you are. Or as you should be. Amen. He, he needed the Holy Spirit before he could enter into earthly ministry? Why? Because without the Holy Spirit, he had nothing to give. 
People say, but he was Jesus. He was Jesus. But what does Acts 10 tell us? That Jesus was a man anointed by God with the Holy Ghost and with power. Right? So he didn't just need the Holy Ghost for power and for ability. He needed the Holy Ghost to know what to say. He needed the Holy Ghost to know what to teach. He needed the Holy Ghost to know how to direct things. Jesus was not walking this earth with just an innate ability to know everything that God wanted because He was Jesus. He knew what the Father wanted to accomplish and to do because He had a divine uplink on the inside of Him called the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when you come to know the Holy Ghost on another level, you come to know the Father on another level. Because the deeper your relationship is with the Holy Spirit, the deeper your relationship is with the Father. Amen. I know Him on another level because the one who's intimate with the Father is teaching me about the Father. If you want to know about my wife, don't ask her friend. Don't, ask, don't even ask our kids. Ask me. I know her. Right? And, and that's the way it is on any, in, on any relationship level. If you want to really know somebody, ask somebody who's intimate with them. Ask somebody who's seen them on their bad days, their good days, their down days, their up days. Ask somebody that's seen them when they're facing a challenge or when they've received the victory. If you want to know the Father, get to know the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. You know, John 17, 17 says the word is truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through your word. Your word is through your truth. Your word is truth. And, and people will say, well, yeah, the word is truth. That's right. The word is truth. Why is the word truth? The Holy Spirit authored it. The spirit of truth wrote it. There, there is no error in the Bible because of the author. The author was the Holy Ghost. He, the Bible says, holy men of God wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God or God breathed. It's, it's right. And the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And when the Holy Spirit breathed into the word, the word became truth. When Jesus was talking to his disciples after he rose from the dead and he looked at them and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. What did he do? He breathed on them. He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. What happened? They were instantly changed. Their lives became new. Their spirits were made alive. They became new creatures in Christ Jesus. They weren't even aware of what they were receiving, but they were receiving the spirit of truth to abide in them, awaiting the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you see this? So the word is truth because it was authored by the spirit of truth. That's why why people will say, well, you know, that that guy got born again. And when he got born again, he quit lying. Spirit of truth came to reside in him. When, When I was a boy growing up in church, we talked much about the Holy Ghost. And we talked so much about the Holy Ghost that people knew what they could expect from him. Amen. Amen. 
As a matter of fact, early on in, in Pentecostal circles, what they used to call being infilled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking another tongue was the second blessing. And, and they said that's when the sanctification showed up. Amen. And that's why the old-timers would stand up and testify in church and say, I thank God that I'm saved, sanctified, and in my right mind. So I'm saved and I'm sanctified. Well, we know that when we got saved, we got sanctified. But what they meant was I'm saved and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and that put me in my right mind. Amen. When you know the power of the Holy Ghost, those things that the enemy tries to put in your life to try to hang on to you and try to bring you down, they can't because you'll recognize them as a lie because you now have the spirit of truth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So Jesus said, I only speak those things I hear my Father say. Now, this is so important because... Who was he hearing what the Father said from? The Holy Ghost. Jesus on the earth was just like you in this sense. He had to hear the Father through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's how God speaks to everybody. Amen. That's how God speaks to everybody. Now, he said he would guide us into all truth. That word guide, it means to give guidance, to lead, or show the way. To give guidance, to lead, or show the way. Now notice these, these, these descriptions again. He will give guidance, not make you take it. He'll give it. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before. I have. Somebody, somebody would be doing something and I would see something or, or whatever and I might go to him and say now you know it's really none of my business but I, if you do this that would probably work out now, I have given guidance it's up to them whether or not they take it you've heard this statement before in church you know the Holy Spirit's a gentleman he is a gentleman but don't, don't, don't allow that to make him seem less He's giving guidance. I have to receive it. Then, it's, then, then a meaning is to lead. Well, again, to, to lead someone, you're not pushing, you're not pulling. You're leading them. Or here's one, to show the way. So he'll show the way in guiding me into all truth. But I have to accept that guidance. So the divine teacher and the divine guide lives inside of me. Think, think about this for a moment. Perfection lives in you. In the person of the Holy Spirit. So if he's depended on in the way that Jesus depended on him, I can expect the same result. And not just in the, in the terms of miracles and signs and wonders, but in my thinking, in my wisdom, in my ability to see through error, in my ability to see through wrong, in my ability to see deception. I can do that when I depend on the Holy Spirit to the level Jesus did. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Because when you go through the ministry of Jesus, you see his utter and complete dependence on the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 You know, very often people will make much of, of the times that it says, and Jesus knew their thoughts. But it doesn't say that every time. Because Jesus didn't know their thoughts every time. Amen. If, if, if Jesus wasn't shown by the Holy Spirit, he didn't know. Why? He would have had an unfair advantage and he would not have been, they would not have been able to say he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. What enabled Jesus to live his life above sin and in a state of perfection? The spirit of truth. He listened to him. When, when people tell you that you can't help but sin, they don't know the spirit of truth very well. Because you can help it if you're listening. And I, I'm not saying you're never going to make a mistake. But folks, I believe this, and you do what you want to with this. There's a difference between just making a mistake and sinning. In, in my opinion. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I hear a lot of talk today about carnal Christians. Well, when are we going to drop the carnal and just be Christians? When we're listening to the spirit of truth. Right? Amen. Now let me move on because that will get me in trouble. <laughs> but our, our number one defense against error is the spirit of truth. The number one defense. And so if you look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Oh, glory. Are you receiving today? Thank you, Jesus. And, and I think the older I get, the more I see my dependence on Him. Because, because I've learned, you know, one, one man said it this way. He said, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> Meaning... Meaning, you know, the longer you live for God, you'll just, Brother Hagin said, you'd just stumble on some things. Yeah. <laughs> right? So this may not be a big revelation to you, but, it, it, you know, it's bigger to me because the, more, the, more, the longer I live this life uh, for God and the longer I, I do what we're doing, the more I see my dependence on Him. Amen. That it's vital. Yeah. So in Matthew 24 and verse 24, notice what he says. There shall arise false Christs and false prophets and will show great signs and wonders insomuch if it were possible they should deceive the very elect. Now notice that. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch if it were possible they should deceive the very elect. Now often how this is ministered is, you know, you better be careful because even the very elect could be deceived. Except that's not what it says. It says, if it were possible. Amen. I tell, I've, I've told people for years, don't just read your Bible, read your Bible. It says, if it were possible. Now, the elect are people that are filled with the spirit of truth. Right? That's what we're called in the Pauline epistles. The elect. According to the foreknowledge of God. Right? Is that what it says? The Woos Bible puts it a little even clearer. It says, 
For there will arise false Christ, false prophets, produce greater testing miracles and miracles that arouse amazement, so as to deceive, if that were possible, which it is not, even the chosen out ones. So notice what he says. He says the sign, the wonder, the miracle, the things that cause great amazement, that those are not proof that what you're hearing is true. Is that right? How, how, how do I check that out? Spirit of truth. Yeah, but I saw that guy and, and he performed a miracle. Yeah, but what's the spirit of truth saying? Hey, have you ever been around somebody and, and the thought just keeps coming up to you? There's something not right about them. That's the spirit of truth. Don't override that. Why? Because if I do, then things like this, great signs and wonders, great attesting miracles, can convince me that that person's right. When the spirit of truth is trying to tell me they're not right. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? that that's, we look at all these people that we have so much confidence in, and so much, we, we hear so many stories about them. And if you'll really investigate, you'll see how dependent they were on the Holy Ghost for everything they did, everything that they did. So the reason it's not possible for them to be deceived is because the elect, the believers, have the spirit of truth. I don't mind telling you I don't believe I'll ever be deceived. I have the spirit of truth. I, this is something I've learned over the years. You've always got to be checking here. What, what about that? Right? Even Gloria Copeland, when she was, she was in that service and people were getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and she didn't know all about that Holy Ghost business, as she said. So she went outside and sat on the church step and smoked a cigarette and asked God about it. Now, we're, we're not condoning, you know, smoking cigarettes or encouraging it, but here's the point. How, how did she figure out, that's for me, sitting there smoking a cigarette on the front steps of the church, the Spirit was able to reach her because she's asking, is this truth or is this not truth? Right? And he'll always witness that what God said is the truth. And so I'm always concerned when I hear people say, oh, this guy did this and, and this guy did that. And then you start talking about what they say or what they teach or what. Well, you know, there, there were so many miracles going on. Well, I understand that there's a lot of miracles, but notice, what, notice the pattern Jesus gave us. Preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching, teaching, healing. He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. Even when the multitudes came, it said the multitudes came to hear his word and to be healed. Jesus didn't just go laying hands on people. He taught and he preached and then he healed. Why? Because you need truth. Even if God does a miraculous thing for you, you need the spirit of truth to keep you grounded and to keep you stable and to keep you settled. Hallelujah. And people will say, well, you know, but, but, but some have been deceived. They have. They have. I, I know people, prominent people, in the Word of Faith movement that 
are not in it anymore. They're into some new age business and, and horrible stuff. They were deceived. And people say, well, how are they deceived? I can tell you very simply, they overrode the spirit of truth. They overrode the spirit of truth. There will always be a catch in your spirit in the beginning. Always. Why? Because he's leading and guiding and directing you. Hallelujah. So notice, if I listen to the spirit of truth, I cannot be deceived. What's the, what's the catch? If I listen. If I listen. You know, if you turned on Christian TV and you heard somebody saying, ah, miracles are passed away, they're not for today, you know to turn that off. Or, or you should. Right? But if you turn something on and it's not so obvious, a lot of the self-help stuff that people listen to they have just enough truth in it to make it palatable. But then they'll inject something else in there. And if you're listening to the spirit of truth, he'll say, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't, don't, don't get into that. Right? Amen. Because the only way the devil can stop anything in your life is deceive you out of it. Deceive you out of it. Amen. So I, I must know the, the truth in the sense of knowing the word and storing it in my heart. But I also, I must know the spirit of truth. Because he will bring the truth I know or need to know to my remembrance. That's one of the things Jesus said we'll do. He will do. He'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever you have heard. Right? That's why there, there, there are people that will, will get to know God and get to know the Holy Spirit in their early days and maybe they'll go away from God for a period of time or you've heard those testimonies, maybe we call it backsliding and then somewhere along the line that I've heard ministers say, they'll, they'll say, I needed something and I heard my Sunday school teacher's voice mm-hmm. saying this. Amen. Amen. Brother Copeland said he heard his Sunday school teacher's voice saying, well, boys, just ask Jesus to forgive you. Because he he didn't know how to do it. He sat down in in his apartment right here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and was putting his shoes on. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you got to get things right or you and your whole family are going to go to a devil's hell. And he said, I just sat back and said, well, God, what do I do? And he said, I heard my Sunday school teacher's voice say, boys, just ask Jesus to forgive you. What was it? What was that? The spirit of truth bringing that to his remembrance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There there was a young man one time in the church and uh, 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 he was struggling with some things and uh, uh, struggling with substance abuse and uh, he, he decided that he was going to go on a binge, and boy, he did. And, and the scourge at this time was crack cocaine. And he was down in, in Kansas City, Missouri, in, in, in what they call a crack house. And he was in there. He'd been in there for days. And they had a, 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 a jam boom box going with a cassette in it, playing all kinds of music. Now, this guy had, went, had come to our church, was going to our church. And uh, this tape was playing, and the song ended. Some, somebody had taken the tape and recorded music over it, all right? And, and the, the song ended, 
and I came on. And I said, you might be in a crack house throwing your life away, but if you'll just get up and run out, Jesus will forgive you. And this was his testimony. He said, I'm sitting there and my pastor comes on this tape. He said, I got up and ran out and he did. Well, see, we used to go down there and pass out, pass out packages to the houses knocking on doors and we included a tape in there of me preaching. Well, somebody had got that tape and recorded the music over it in the neighborhood, but they left the last two minutes blank, just enough time for me to preach. Amen. What was it? The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. That's why the Bible tells us as parents that if we will train our child or bend them in the way that they should go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. It doesn't mean they won't make mistakes or maybe even try to go away from God, but the Holy Spirit will consistently deal with them to bring them back to the avenue of truth. Hallelujah. And, and, and when you know how He operates... And you know how he functions. Amen. He can operate freely in your life. So say this. What I need to know or what I have no knowledge of, he'll bring to my remembrance. So it's very simple. When you need something, just stop and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me that. It's that simple. Amen. In uh, John 18. Oh, glory to God. I'll tell you, I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. What really put me on a uh, quest, if I could say this, to know the Holy Spirit, I, uh, I had a, a friend that pastored a very large church in, in Florida, the Tampa area. And... Uh, uh, I had another friend that was his associate minister. I was actually closer to uh, the associate than I was to the, the senior pastor, uh, close to both of them, but closer to this man. And uh, I was going to go there and sow a seed into their ministry. We were believing for some things in the, in the ministry. And so we got together, uh, uh, I think it was $5,000, and we're going to go sow this into their ministry. And I was going to fly down on a Sunday night, and I did. And uh, it was a celebration night. They were celebrating the pastor's 30 years in ministry, if I remember correctly. And Dr. T.L. Lowry was going to be ministering. Anybody remember Dr. T.L. Lowry? And uh, 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 he was uh, the pastor's spiritual father. But they invited me into the leadership meeting before. For an hour, he was going to teach on leadership. And his subject was this, the Holy Spirit in leadership. And uh, I was sitting on the front row right here about where Pastor Larry's at. And about... Five minutes into that teaching, I figured something out. He knows the Holy Spirit in a way I don't. Man, that hit me. It wasn't condemning. It wasn't a guilt trip. It was wow, right? It's, it's, it's like watching somebody do something that you would really like to do, and they really know how to do it, right? You know, I can, I can strum the guitar. I can keep, I, I can do a pretty good rhythm. You know, I know some chords and, and, right? But, you know, that's not playing the guitar. Right? It's, it's when you're, you're watching that guy and he's got his eyes closed and his fingers are up and down the fret 
on that guitar and noises are coming out of that thing, you think, my God, how I didn't know, right? They can play the guitar. That's how it was. He knows the Holy Spirit in a way I don't. But I know I can know Him that way because He wants me to know Him that way. Right? He's, he's always, the Holy Spirit is an eager yet unparticipating partner unless invited. Always eager to get involved. When, when you're dealing with something, the Holy Spirit is right there on the edge of his seat. Wanting to just jump in and tell you what to do. Right? Many, 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 believers, many believers, though, put him into another place. Well, I'm going to do everything I can do to figure it out. And then very often, once they've done everything they can do, they've got everything so mixed up and messed up that it takes the Holy Spirit a period of time to fix it. Here's, here's a, a truth for you. Start with the Holy Spirit. Let Him get out there ahead of it. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows where our building's at. And, and what's He going to do? Lead, guide, show us the way. You say, how do you know that? Because He wants to do that. He gets no greater glory than looking down and seeing us in our new building. And we're giving God the glory and giving God the praise. And the Holy Ghost doesn't need the recognition. He doesn't need the honor. He doesn't need the glory for Himself. We need to give Him the honor and the glory and the respect that is due His working in our midst because the Holy Spirit will always honor the congregation that honors the presence of God. We have to always consistently give Him proper place, proper respect, and proper honor. Because He is the Spirit of truth. If you're receiving from the Word today, it's, I am a good preacher, but it, 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 right. it's because the Spirit of truth is emphasizing things to you. You will hear things I didn't say because there's a preacher that's preaching with me and he's showing you things and teaching you things and revealing things to you that I don't know and I can't comprehend, but he's doing it and he's speaking it directly to your spirit. So you're hearing me here, but you're hearing him here and he's changing everything. Amen. Do you see that? Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember one time Pastor Caldwell was, was preaching. And you know, Pastor Caldwell is mild-mannered Clark Kent. But, but he can get going. And y'all, many of y'all know that. And I was sitting on the front row with my wife. And he was preaching at a faith explosion. I didn't know what else to do. I just, man, it was just boiling up on the inside of me. And finally, I just looked at my wife and went, ah! It was just, it was just all over me. And people said, that was crazy. I know, but it was all I knew to do. It was just, it was bombarding my spirit. Everything was changing on the inside of me. I was hearing things he wasn't saying. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because He is the Spirit of truth. And so, so you'll come with an issue and leave without the issue. Or you'll come not knowing and leave knowing. Uh, however it may be. 
It may be through the gifts of the Spirit. It may be through a manifestation. But more often than not, it will just be through the Word that was preached and the Spirit of truth lit on it and and revealed something to you by the Spirit of God. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we really have an unfair advantage over the world. I really feel sorry for people that don't have the Holy Ghost. I really do. Because we know things that are coming and we know what's going to happen. We, we, it can be revealed to us. And no matter what they're saying and no matter what they're declaring, we know what the Spirit of Truth is declaring. And so we plan according to the Spirit of Truth, not according to the Spirit of error. And I'm not just talking about the season that we're in as a world. I'm talking about on a regular day-to-day basis. People on your job don't know what's coming, but you do. People on your job can't figure out what's going to happen, but you already know what's going to happen because you have inside information by the divine genius by the divine counselor by the divine guide on the inside of you he's just like a fly on the wall of the throne room of heaven he hears everything that God says everything the son says and reveals it to you and relays it to you verbatim glory to God he doesn't leave anything out hallelujah hallelujah Oh, glory. Do do, do, do you see that? (laughs) Amen. I remember, I remember when our first grandson was born. And, uh, oh, it's early yet. I don't want anybody to mess up your, I messed up somebody's reservations here. (laughs) Amen. I tell you what, I probably threw the whole framework of of denominations off that Sunday. Amen. But anyway, it's early. But I remember I was at at the the prison. I taught a class there for many years, and and, uh, uh, I had left. We were there with our son and daughter-in-law, and I left and uh, uh, had to to go minister. And so I was coming back, and when I got back in the car, Pastor Michelle had sent me a picture of our grandson. And there was, there was, was, he was premature. And there was a number of things wrong, particularly, primarily with his heart. Chambers that weren't formed right, things that the the heart was just not mature. And uh, uh, I didn't know all of that, but I knew some of it. And I just, from from the place of the prison in Lansing, Kansas, to to, uh, Overland Park, where I had to go, uh, it was probably 35 minutes, I guess, uh, maybe. And so I just prayed in the Spirit the whole way. When I got almost to the hospital, just this peace came over me. And what floated up in my spirit was, we got this. Now, understand something. That's the truth. We got this. Yeah, but don't you need more than that? Nope. I just need what he said. That's all I need to say. And, and I walked in the room, and, and uh, of course, uh, 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 Rebecca's mom and dad were there, and they are good, godly people, good, good folks, love the Lord, and uh, they were there, and, and uh, uh, they had really let Pastor Michelle take the lead, and, and what had came up in her spirit was what we need to call our grandson was Mighty Griffin, Mighty Griffin, amen, and I remember, I, what's that, from, from, from Proverbs where it says there's three things on the earth that are small, right, but, but, but they're mighty, well, I was standing there with, with other grandma by the incubator, 
And she was looking at him. She said, there's Mighty Griffin. That's what Grandma Michelle said. And so that's what you are. You're Mighty Griffin. Well, anyway, this was the night. And so we were all there. And they, they said, well, let's pray. So we prayed. And one by one, everybody was leaving. I happened to be the last person out. And I, uh, I walked by the bed. And, of course, here's my, my, my daughter-in-law and, and my son. And, and you know, they're, they're dealing with this. And this is their first child. And, and I remember distinctly that the Holy Spirit had kept telling me, we got this. And I just bent over, and, and I told her, I said, now, you're, you're not going to understand all of this, but trust me, we got this. And I just kissed her on the forehead, and I said, we got this. Amen. And I walked out the door, and I told my wife, we got this. We've made some inroads here. Now, I, I, I would not exaggerate. Matter of fact, a lot of times I, I underplay it. I would not exaggerate for anything in the world if I know I'm doing it. But it's not an exaggeration to say the next day things started improving. Amen. See, the spirit of truth, even if things take a period of time to fully rectify themselves, what the spirit of truth said is still truth. Yeah, but I've been waiting three years. What did the spirit of truth tell you? That's what's going to happen. Because that's the spirit of truth. That's the spirit of truth. That's the truth. And so he told us that. Well, they said, you know, when he's uh, a certain uh, age, he's going to have to have open heart surgery. But they got to that age and they said, no, things are, things are better. Is that right? And then they said, well, at six months, he'll have to have open heart surgery. But they examined him and they said, hey, that, that hole is closed up more it's closing so we don't need no surgery then they said but he'll need it at a year well they got to a year and they said that thing's even smaller matter of fact surgery's off the table we think we could probably go through his his leg and get it done now and now watch you know what his mama said uh but it is possible right for it to heal completely and the doctor said, well, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Well, he's five, getting ready to be six. No side effects. And no surgeries in his future. Why? We got this. We got this. Something changed in that 34 or five minutes of praying in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth could reveal something to somebody that was willing to say what the Spirit of Truth said. Truth is powerful because truth is what changes things. And when you start speaking the truth, it begins to change what is error. Everything the enemy's trying to bring into a person's life is error. It's falsity. It's a lie. And when you put the truth in there, the truth eats up the lie. The truth destroys the lie. The truth overcomes the lie. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, if you found John 18, I told you to go there a little bit ago. John 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus said, You say that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness 
unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Everyone. Jesus said, I bear witness of the truth. Well, now wait a minute. To bear witness means that you're saying that something was said is true. What was he bearing witness to? What the Holy Spirit had said. About who? Him. He said, I bear. So in other words, Jesus is saying, everything I've done in my ministry, everything I'm doing right now, I'm standing here in your courtroom. I'm going to be taken to the cross and crucified because everything that I'm doing is bearing witness of the truth that's been prophesied about me. And notice what he said. He said, those that know the truth hear my voice. So if you want to hear the voice of God more clearly, focus on truth. People cannot ascertain the voice of God because they don't give enough time to truth. If you're consistently listening to the lies of the world, you can never hear the voice of truth. I'm not just talking about the news. That's part of it. That's one of the major sources of lies. But, but whatever the world is saying, if you're hearing the spirit of truth, it's clear. But if I'm constantly giving my attention to this other, I can't hear the spirit of truth. Notice Jesus said, everyone that's of the truth hears me. Is that what he said? Say it out loud. I hear his voice because I'm of the truth. And notice this. Everyone that is of the truth. Preposition of denotes the substance something came from. The origination. All right, this, this is a pulpit of plexiglass. You drove here in a car of metal, right? It denotes the origin of something. Well, Peter bore this out because he said that we were not born again by corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the Word of God, which is what, according to Jesus? Truth. So I am of truth. You are of truth. The Holy Spirit is so comfortable in you because we are a body of truth. The truth caused us to be born again. The truth brought us into the kingdom. The truth presented us to God blameless and faultless and holy. It was the word of truth that caused you to be born again. I'm of the Word. The Word is not just something you read or something that works. This is what you are of. This is the substance of you. Hallelujah. So everyone that is of the truth. Now notice something. You want to see one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible? Verse 38. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? You are in a terrible position when you don't know truth. And you can't know truth without the spirit of truth. Amen? Pilate's response is, what is truth? Without the spirit of truth, I can't determine truth. My kids used to get so upset with me because they would tell me something. I said, no, you're lying. 
Not all the time. I mean, they didn't lie a lot. You, you understand? <laughs> little bits too much. Maybe I should say it a little softer. They tried to deceive. You know, get away with things. Amen. And more than once, I said, no, that's, that's not how it was. And my oldest daughter told me one time, Dad, I can't get away with nothing. That's the point. Amen. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. When you know truth. If I can't determine truth, I have no hope. If I don't know what the truth is, I have no hope. Even truth that is inconvenient or uncomfortable produces hope. We call it being under conviction. Remember when you came to church or wherever and you got under conviction? It was uncomfortable, but it brought hope. Because if what he is saying is true, when we got a hold of the word of faith, and, and, and I thank God, I thank God because Charles Capps was really the one that God used instrumentally to change our life. And I'm so grateful he's made us uh, good friends and partners with his ministry. Uh, God does things like that. But when I was listening to that tape series, Faith, Law of the New Covenant, and he was talking there about your words and the power of your words, my life was a shambles. I mean, I was born again. I was preaching. I was on my way to heaven. I mean, I, I loved God. God loved me. But everything was a wreck. And I remember sitting there at that table thinking, this is what I thought, if what he's saying is true, my life's about to change. Notice, but here's the emphasis. If it's true. If it's true. Right? One time the enemy tried to make me question this, uh, you can have what you say. I don't know if he's ever done that to you. Well, the Lord just took me to the scripture, Mark chapter 11, 22 through 24. And he said, look, the Lord Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. Settles it. Well, who took me to that verse? Who reminded me and brought those things to my remembrance. The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit cannot find a scripture in the Bible that says, yea, you will not have what you say. Because that's a lie. That's not truth. The Holy Spirit cannot reveal a lie to you. He can only reveal the truth to you. But He can expose the lie. <laughs> Amen. Look at 1 John 5. Are you receiving? Thank you, Jesus. First John 5 and verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness to the fact that Jesus came by water and blood because the Spirit is truth. The Spirit is truth. The Spirit is constantly bearing witness to the truth. When you hear truth inside you, the Spirit goes, Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Whatever it may be. If you've ever had a new truth revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, I say new, new to you. Something inside you is going, that's right. They are right. What they're saying is right. 
That was the spirit of truth. Doing what? Bearing witness. Right? So the Spirit's constantly bearing witness to the truth. When you study the Word, the Spirit will bear witness that what you're seeing is truth. And when you hear truth, He will bear witness that what you're hearing is truth. And when the Holy Spirit bears witness to you that what you're seeing is truth, that faith has come. And once you have the witness of the Spirit concerning that, nothing can take it from you or shouldn't be able to. That's why it's so imperative that you know His voice. Remember, 1 Corinthians uh, 14 tells us there are many voices in the world and none of them are unmeaning or without significance. We've been studying that on Wednesday nights. None of them are unmeaning. All of them mean something. Right? When I have the, the voice of truth on it, that's mine. It bears witness. Now, 1 John 4 and verse 4. These are some verses that are revolutionary. Because verse 4 says, You are of God, little children. Now, we can stop right there because this is a verse that we very often quote, and we quote the last part of it. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But notice he, he starts off, that there's a progression here. Number one, you're of God. Think about that for a moment. I am of, preposition of, that's my makeup, that's my DNA, God. Say that out loud. I am of God. Then he says, little children. Well, that's not just John using a cute word. We're the children of God. If I'm of God, I'm a child of God. Right? Amen. My newest grandson just showed up last Sunday. Philip James. Got a good name. And he's handsome. Looks just like me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here's the thing. His last name is Steele. Because he came from Steele. Who came from Steele. Who came from Steele. Who came from Steele. For generations they are of Steele. Right? That's a simplistic way to look at it. But how many people do you know that separate right there? They know that's in the Bible, but they don't really see themselves as being of God. Why? The spirit of truth, they've never allowed him to bear witness of that fact to them. Once you bear witness by the spirit of truth that you are of God and that you are God's little child, then I go on to the next part. And you're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you, the spirit of truth, than the spirit of error that's in the world. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. Now when you think about that, how can you fail? How can it even come into your mind or your thinking that it's possible for me to fail when I am of God, I'm God's child. In God's mind, I have overcome them because the greater one, the spirit of truth, is in me. Amen? Now, we're going to move on. Verse 5. They are of the world. Now, notice that's important. 
Look at where their makeup is. Their DNA. The world. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. And the world hears them. Is that right? So the world believes what the world is saying. But here's the problem. They don't have the spirit of truth. Right? Notice verse 5. Well, verse 6. We are of God. Now, we have an of God sandwich here. Verse 4, you are of God. Verse 6, we are of God. He that knows God (laughs) hears us. He that is not of God doesn't hear us. Hereby, or this is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth will always set himself adversarily against the spirit of error. It's just his nature. And notice what John said. We are of God and he that... Now, now he, he puts this into the speaking. They speak of the world and the world hears them. But he says, we're speaking the things of God and they that know God hear us. That's talking about people with the spirit of truth, not just a particular church or a particular denomination or a particular belief bent. Those that have the spirit of truth. There are things that you hear and you just know that's truth because that's the spirit of God. Or the spirit of error. He says, hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So they are of the world. They're not of the spirit of truth. We are of God. We have the spirit of truth. Now think about this. The way you know the spirit of error is that they don't want to hear the truth. Somebody that's listening to the spirit of error doesn't want to hear the spirit of truth. And you see this in the scriptures in Acts chapter 7. We won't take the time to go there. Stephen, who preached the greatest New Testament evangelistic message ever, the greatest evangelistic message in the New Testament to me, And he preached the spirit of truth and it so inflamed the men that had the spirit of error that they ran on him, gnashed on him with their teeth, plugged their ears and stoned him calling on God. (laughs) Why? Spirit of truth. Contrasting the spirit of error. So there's times you'll tell somebody the truth and they won't like it because the spirit of error is operating. And they don't want to hear it. Amen. But here's the thing about the truth. Once the truth is said, it'll hang around. And when there's an open moment, he'll get in there. Amen. Why? Because that's, we're going to get into this in another teaching. That's part of his job is to convict the world of sin. To convict the world. Notice He doesn't convict the believer of sin. He convicts the world of sin. The Bible says in the book of 1 John that once we're born again, our heart condemns us. Our heart convicts us because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to convict me of sin. I know what sin is. But He has to convict the world. Convict 
is, is a different terminology for the world because the world has to be convinced, that's where the word convict comes from, convinced comes from, is to be convinced that they're wrong. How are they convinced they're wrong? By hearing the truth. Amen? And so your, your children, your loved ones, people you work with, your job is so the truth. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict them and convince them that it's true. Amen. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll try to wrap up with this. Because He is the Spirit of truth, He's patient. One of, his, one of the fruits of the reborn human spirit, you know, is long-suffering and patience. The Holy Spirit's patient. He, he doesn't just decide, I'm not going to deal with that person anymore. Now, there are instances in the Bible, and I understand, where the, the, the Bible says the Spirit of God won't always strive with men. And I've seen people that the Holy Spirit quit dealing with. But I'll tell you why He quit dealing with them. Because they kept turning a deaf ear to truth. And it wasn't so much that He wasn't wooing them, it's that they weren't listening. Hallelujah. The Spirit of truth bears witness to truth. And you know what? It's really that simple. If I have the spirit of truth, he will bear witness that what I'm hearing is truth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So say this out loud. I love the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Because he is to me. me. Everything Everything. Jesus said he would be. Say it again. I love the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Because he is to me. me. Everything. Jesus said he would be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, stand up this morning. I believe you received today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. For when the Lord says you begin to give place to the Spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit in your life, you begin to see the magnificence of His ability to function and to flow. For many believers and many of my children, the Lord says, are seeing a limited operation of the Spirit of Truth because of a limited application. When you begin to hear and to apply, you will see a greater flow. And as you enter into the greater flow, it will come in a greater measure. For there are things that the Spirit desires to reveal and that the Spirit desires to uncover, and that the Spirit desires to present. And in the months coming, in the weeks coming, I will present things to the people that are listening, and those that will hear what I'm saying, and will receive what I'm presenting, will walk in a greater level of not just physical manifestations in areas of blessing and healing and victory, but in spiritual depth and spiritual freedom. For many, on the outside, there is bondage 
because there's bondage on the inside. But I said in my word in John chapter 8 that you would know the truth and the truth would make you free. That is regarding the word, but it's also to know the spirit of truth. And to know the spirit of truth is to invite the presence of freedom. Hallelujah. And so be free and be whole. Be joyful and know that with each shout and each step of dance and rejoicing, truth is functioning at another level. And know this, that this months, these months, these six months that the Lord has spoken of, know that they will not pass. But if you will tune your ear to the spirit of truth, you will see in a greater measure victory in every way. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for speaking to us with your word. And we thank you for speaking to us through the Spirit. And we receive it. We take it. We'll walk it out in the name of Jesus. Amen.